Hello everyone, I am your host, Rafael Asofra. Today we do not have my other host, Sam, sadly, um, due to some stuff that he's going right now with his family. Um, he's moving, so it's like it's a lot of stuff. But with me, as always, I have Nicole, and our Hello. producer here. And uh, today's a very special episode. Because here in episode five, we have our guest for today is, please drum roll, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Marissa Valdez. Ah! Hello, everybody. How nice. is it? You are you are here in Life Peace Podcast. How do you feel? I feel incredible. I was told I would be a guest uh around the middle of january and i was so excited to be a part of it and just talk film and talk all the stuff that we like to do and i'm just so excited and so happy to be here you guys are incredible and you guys are great for doing this all right well how's everyone doing today first of all let's start there i'm doing fantastic i went to the gym this morning Got some, burned some calories, worked on my arms. I've Let's been doing go. that a lot more lately. It feels incredible. How about you, Nicole? I'm doing well. Uh, not much has happened today for me. Just been trying to prep for today's episode. Nice. Um, Today, it's been busy. But yesterday, me and Nicole and my friend Eddie, we had a wonderful time. We went to go see Uncharted. It was a good movie. Had a good yeah. time. Um, but yeah, today has been really busy. But also preparing for the podcast as well, which is always a pleasure doing. Um, I'm excited. Before we start anything, I just want to say uh, a few words uh, for the people in Ukraine um, that they're like, yeah. you know, suffering right now. I know that this is like, you know, we don't talk about like politics and all that stuff and like what's happening in the world. But I just want to mention that for a moment because like there this is some bad stuff going on and uh yeah just it's going it's going pretty bad but uh prayers goes out to the people there to the people there and that i hope everything is all right so times for them right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but now let's go on the lighter side of things and let's yeah. talk about the first thing that actually i want to talk about and that is the movie spencer and uh, so I, I, I got to say, I, I watched the movie. It was pretty good. It was really good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I have to watch it again. But, like, I really enjoyed it. I like the ending. I, I, I like the cinematography. Oh, my God. The set design was awesome. It was, like, it was really beautiful to look at. Everything about that movie was really beautiful to look at. Um, aesthetically, visually everything the, the the people that started in it were fan phenomenal fantastic um the music oh my god the music was so good it was really i good. feel they really went um the director for that movie is pablo lorraine i'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name but he's also done a similar movie called jackie with natalie portman where she well well he focuses on a specific era in a famous person's life so for example, in Jackie, it was the week after JFK was assassinated, how she dealt with the funeral preparations, how the world was looking at her, what is she going to do next? And Spencer is the exact same. This is 
Christmas weekend or, you know, whatever day it was during the week. It and was, they were to, yeah, go ahead. I believe it was Christmas Eve. I believe, yeah, Christmas Eve. Yeah, it was like Christmas. It was like Christmas celebration at the Queen's Estate. And this was the beginning of the downfall of Princess Diana and Prince Charles's marriage. Yeah, I the the movie really it was I would like it it was kind of it wasn't like a bio like it was a biopic it was just very like I don't know how to explain it it was like very some parts were very dreamlike mm-hmm. some parts were very dreamlike but I like how like it tied in after I I finished watching the movie I looked up who um. Because Princess Diana, she was, like, reading a book about, like, she found a book, actually. She didn't, she wasn't, like, she found a book in her room about um, this other princess, or not a princess, she was a queen. I believe her name was Anna Bullia. I'm butchering her last name, but it was, like, something Anna, something, Princess Anna. And she was, like, the second husband to King William, the the fourth or the fifth. And, like, second wife, yeah, the second wife. Mm-hmm. And like how, kind of like her life is similar. Yeah, it, like it's similar to her life, mm-hmm. which is like super weird in a way. And it's kind of funny because in the movie they keep on referring to like, well, actually no, she keeps on referring to be the the past being the present, and like they mm-hmm. she doesn't continue mentioning about like she doesn't mention the future. Because, like, you don't know. She doesn't know what the future has for her. But she keeps on saying, like, the past always reverts to the present. And then, like, it's so interesting how, like, it, like, circles back to that. And, like, it's just so cool seeing Yeah, that. that book was a really great analogy for what she was going through during that time. I don't know if it was true or not. Like, if yeah. someone literally placed a book there for the real Princess Diana and it wasn't just part of the movie... But in my opinion, it was such a great analogy and a great, um, she called it a warning in the movie because one of the um, people that were working for the queen and the royal family for Christmas time placed that book on her bed. Yeah. So it was, it was considered a warning because in the story, she got beheaded because yeah. it was rumored that she was cheating. That's another thing that I want to talk about because... Oh, dude, that was like so cool how they like with not without like they didn't even like do dialogue at all. Like, you know, you know mm-hmm. what was happening. Like, it wasn't her that was cheating. We all know that it was the husband that was exactly. cheating. So I love how they show. I think it I think it's like in the church, the church scene that we mm-hmm. get that we get um, Charles looking at. I forgot what's her name. The the girl that he's like, you know, being. Mila. Yeah. Her. And then we revert back to Diana, and then we revert, we we go back to to that again, and then we see like you know, you know that there's something up, intentionally. Yeah, intentionally. And then I love how when she goes to her old house, and she's like ha- having these like, I wouldn't say like a dream or whatever, but like she's like reverting back to like her past, and then immediately. Um, the the ghost or like the 
not the ghost, but like just a an image of Anna just comes appears and like says like yeah. you gotta like let go. Like you gotta like like be set free. Yeah, be set free. Because like mm-hmm. And that's what the necklace um symbolized, her breaking it. Yeah, and that's what I love. I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like it's like that's it, like you're 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 gone from him. Like he cheated yeah. on you. Like you're set in free. The- in the movie it was said and you know i don't know how accurate it is to real life but it was said that he got the exact same pearls for camila as well yeah yeah as if it was that like the i feel like the necklace symbolized like their marriage their marriage and it was just choking her so she just broke I, it but i think it represents so so many other things because like I remember when I mentioned when I didn't even watch the movie because I saw a scene and I told you about it and it was the pearl scene when she's mm-hmm. like drinking the soup, yeah. eating the soup, the pea soup or whatever, and it doesn't just go back to like like her about like being her a bulimic, like her throwing up and everything like that about that, but it also goes to like how pearls are basically a sign of like royalty, like they're very expensive. If like if if you have pearls, like actual pearls, they're expensive. So yeah. like it not only about the merit, but I also think it's about like how like the royal family, like just in, in general, like how it felt like it was choking her and how like it was like demanding. Like for example, when like it goes to there's there's a particular scene that I like that it like it goes to the queen and the queen is like looking at her like 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 you know she's like saying like eat the damn soup, like you gotta eat it. Like, you can't, yeah, you got to eat it. Like, you can't, like, everybody else is eating it, and you're not eating it. And so that's why we get that, like, at first I thought it was real, but I knew it, it, like, you know, nobody's going to swallow pearls. But, like, it basically shows, like, you know, like, she's forcing, like, the royalty is forcing that soup down her throat. Like, the pearls are representing that. Like, it's like. Oh. Yeah. She's literally forcing this lifestyle that they are throwing on her. And it's just, you know, and in relation to, um, you know, the queen looking at her saying, eat the soup. There was this scene later in the movie. I believe it was the morning they were going to church or it was the morning after, not sure. But it was this scene where Prince Charles and Princess Diana are sitting next to each other. And Charles says, you know, these fishermen caught these fish, these people, like, you know, basically saying people went through a lot of effort to bring you this food and it's a shame that you're not eating it. Basically saying, like, basically guilt tripping her to eat when she's, you know, she has that bulimia that where she eats and she just throws up kind of thing. And the story behind her bulimia just starting in general is really, really sad. Prince Charles would just you know, comment on her weight constantly. And it was obviously very detrimental to the point where she can't even sit down and have a dinner and not to mention the royal family constantly eyeballing her and putting all this pressure on her to act a specific way. It's really, really hard to see, but it also sheds light on it, I think. Yeah, I I have to say, because like, because we really don't know what happened like i feel like i'm not saying that the the royal family is evil like like it shows like there's also another show called the crown that is on netflix my mother has watched like 
all the seasons. Like, I, I don't know when the next season is going to come out. But when it when it went to, I think, I forgot which season. Which, I think it's the last season until, like, they, they, they get a new season for it. Because I know they're going to continue. Huh? They're most recent. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna continue, I know, like, to where Princess Diana, because I know they're not finished with that. But, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, I, I don't know. I kind of like how they portray, like, the the royal family. But at the same time, I feel like, like, I don't know. Were they, were, like, were they dicks, like, the whole time, like, to, like, Diana? Like, because, like, it's just, like. There's so mm-hmm. much going on, and, like, we really don't know. Like, I know for sure Charles, like, yeah, like, we all know that he treated her like garbage. Like, we know that. But, like, it's just, I don't know. I just think, like, putting a, a, a stamp on someone, even though we weren't really there. But, like, I, I don't know. It just It's really funny how sometimes, like, movies can change, like, a person's, like, trajectory on things. And especially on, like, these historical figures that we all know. So it's it's really interesting. I and and I found out like Spencer's not actually it's actually her father. So like that's yes. that was really cool. So I believe her last name, if I'm not mistaken. It's also Spencer. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it was her father's name, but I'm pretty sure it was her no, that, last name. That, that was her father's name. That was her father's last name. So I think that's her last name too. So Oh god, got it. Mm-hmm. But I guess, no. like, now that she's royal, like, her last name is, like, yes. doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, it's just, like, it's nothing. So, that's why, because that's, and that's why I like the ending. Because, like, the ending is, like, oh, like, now, like, she's, like, in her element, you know? Like, she's, like, she's no longer <laughs> bound to... Roy- royalty and it's because like in in real life she was always known as the princess of the people she was not like asserted to like one thing like she was always known as the people's princess because she was always around people she's like she was like a people person she like cared about what people like thought and like everything like that she was never like oh like don't touch me or whatever like she uh, was really like the, the royal family expected her to act a certain way, cold kind of, but she just had such a warm soul. Like she genuinely cared about other people. There was this moment in time where the um, the AIDS crisis was really um, taken over, and she went to the hospital to visit children that were that have AIDS, and you know, you know, AIDS has like this stigma. It had a stigma and it still does, but. You know, society is trying to get rid of it, which I hope happens. But, you know, it's they have this stigma where if you touch them, you know, a person with AIDS, like you could get it. But Diana obviously didn't believe that she hugging, hugging them, proving there's no need for this stigma. Mm. And I don't think I think the royal family didn't even like that either, that she did like give them a hug or, you know, showed compassion like that, at least like you could show support. But compassion like she does, it's truly remarkable. She had such a caring, like, personality. And it's a real shame that she's gone. If I could bring somebody back, it would be her. She's great. Yeah, I I just think that, like, also, like, she inspired a lot of, like, a lot of, like, fic- like 
reverting back to like film now like i think she inspired like a lot of like films like that revolve around that type of like royal family yeah royal family type of thing like those princesses those prince or queens that like always like uh like like get away from me like they want to be free like they want to like like for example like princess diary even though that's like fictional like that that country doesn't exist but that's like kind of like you know representation of that like there's like so many like her influence influenced our culture especially in like in those types of films like royalty films like that absolutely cool um i feel spencer like in general was just such a great um how do you call it like a another perspective of the royal family like who knows how accurate it is but i think the director did a really great job encompassing a certain mood and a certain genre and not to mention Kristen Stewart, she did. Oh yeah, amazing. But but what I love is is that they really didn't even show the royalty family that much. If you like, w- when you watch the movie, they really didn't show her. They really didn't show that. Like they showed some parts, of course. Like you know, you can't yeah. you can't show the royal family. Like you have to show them at least like once or twice, and you do. But like in this movie, it's just mainly focusing focusing on Diana. And I love how um I believe it was the the scene of um i don't know it was like they had a dinner party and you don't see the dinner party it cuts to a nice view of the lake and then it cuts back to her now she's in the bathroom and i think she she already finished vomiting or whatever and then like now she's just like laying there and i like that because like it gives you the sense of like what happened like why is she in the bathroom or you know why why is she there it's so cool and i love how um the relationship that she has with uh with the kids it shows that yeah it was so cool i like the the scene that i like is they is when they're gathering around and they're playing soldier and they're asking each other like tell tell us tell me the truth that that was a really good scene very touching that scene probably the most memorable line was from diana she said Will you let mommy know when she's being silly, aka when she's crying or avoiding? Because all in all, she cared about her kids. Yeah, that was her main care, probably during the entire Christmas um, celebration. She only cared about her kids. She only cared about how they were doing, if they were having fun. And that line where she just, you know, let me know when. I'm being silly, like, like I said, when she was just being avoidant in the whole participation of the dinners and the lunches and all of that. I think they displayed the relationship between her kids remarkably. It was really, really great. You can see the love that she had for them. And the ending scene is just beautiful where, you know, she stops the one, like the guys that were shooting give me my kids, I'm leaving. And that scene where they're just, it was like they were free too, as well as her. Like they're in the car driving off, singing All I Need Is a Miracle, which is because of that movie. It's a great, like, I love that song. It's so funny and, because I hear it at my Publix. I don't know if you hear it in your Publix, Marissa, but I hear that song all the time. I do, I do. <laughs> and I think about the movie. But, you know, that scene was just so, 
special for the three of them because not only was she suffocating, but the kids were in some sort of way. Not in the same extreme, but they didn't feel like kids. Yeah, because, I mean, when when they're in the bed, I forgot, when, when they're sleeping and she woke them up to to give them their present and she goes like, well, actually, no, I think it was before that. Yeah, before that, she they said, like, why do we have to open our presents on Christmas Eve? Like, why can't we just open them on Christmas Day like any other normal person? And he's like, well, like, I don't know. That's tradition. Like, but again, that, that just shows you how, like, sometimes, you know, even people that have power or, like, you know, celebrity status, they're humans, too, you know? They're, mm-hmm. They want to be they want to be just like. They want to have yeah. They want to have a day where they can just like eat with their hands. I I that was like one line that I liked when the kid says like I want to eat with my hands. I want to like, I want to like be a normal kid. Like I just don't want to like do with this traditional bullcrap anymore. Like I just want to have fun. I want to be a kid. And yeah, towards the end they they have that freedom. You know they they get in the car they go get KFC and then. They sit in a in a bench. Stuff that like us as sometimes like human beings we take for granted, you know? Like Yeah, absolutely. That ending scene just encompassed what they were what she was longing for as well as them. It was a really, really great uplifting scene. Like you cheered for her. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it it was really the the cinematography, oh my god. So good. I, I wanna talk about that. The cinematography was so good. It was so like, good. The composition of every single one of those shots was so articulated and planned out. Like immediately the title card shot was insane. I remember seeing it when the it was either the teaser or the trailer dropped where you just see Princess Diana pulling in to the estate and you see Spencer, the title. And immediately I just knew it was gonna be a phenomenal film. The overhead <sighs> The whole overhead of the whole of the whole um, mansion or the establishment, oh, so good. I like the, I like the cuts that they had of her being a little kid and then cut to her being a young woman and then her being a, a fully grown woman, and yes. she's running. That oh, that, that was so cool, so cool. For I, the people listening, if you haven't seen it, please do. Yeah, it's it, on, it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu, everyone. So like, when you get a chance, find it on illegal movie website (laughs) whatever you guys prefer but you know kristen kristen stewart is nominated for best actress so even if that alone will make you watch it please do it's a great great film and it's probably one of my favorites from 2021 is is that the only nomination that they have for for spencer like yes for real not even for best film for real i'm serious that's so weird like i'm sorry we're gonna get but like i just oscars thing we're gonna get to that but yeah you know a very very important detail now that you ask if it was like nominated or anything because havana one of our great friends uh asked as well if it was nominated for best film or best picture and i told her no and i was punching the air because i think it deserved it in comparison to this one film that i will talk about that that's pretty interesting because it was it was really good. I and I think it like at least like it's like at least deserves a nomination for at least best cinematography. At yeah. least like best picture 
I can kind of see it, but the thing is, is just the cinematography, so well done, so At well done. It could have been so um, well done. Yeah. Um. Now let's talk about. Well, your favorite. I like. I mean, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna give you this oh, this time. So let's talk cool. about Stranger Things because uh, I I know probably people are gonna be upset with me. Yes, I have not seen Stranger Things. I I know I know, but like it's just there's so many shows and like I trust me. I, I'll I'll there'll be a day that I'll sit back and I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna watch Stranger Things. But so let's talk about. I believe season four is coming out on Stranger Things. Season four, after almost three years of season three premiering on Netflix, has been announced as of last week, Thursday. And I have, the only words I have to say about it is, I am ecstatic for it. I think, you know, they say it every year, but, or every time a new season comes out, but they this season i think is probably gonna be the best one so far um as of right now out of the three seasons season two is my favorite so rafa just so you could keep that in mind but stranger things to me was a show that i think kind of sparked it's not exactly film but i think it sparked my interest in that sort of media that sort of world you know it was i watched it in 2016 yeah there's a truck outside I started it in 2016. It wasn't exactly when it came out. It came out in July 2016. I was told to watch it. I watched it. I watched this first season. I don't even know how many times, but it's probably my all-time favorite. It's truly, truly an incredible show. And I'm going to say it because it's a flex, but I met the kids. So. I know. I, I, I saw. I saw. Um. I have to say, I think Stranger Things, I again, I never watched the show, but I think it also sparked, when it first aired, I think it sparked a lot of pop culture, like, especially, mm -hmm. like, I know in the first season, it's like, it takes, um, the whole season is basically, like, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, like, there's like, a Dungeons and Dragons, like, um, plot to it, um, not necessarily like, that's the plot of it, but like, it's like, kind of like that, like that's kind of um an analogy with the game because in season one um they're playing dungeons and dragons in the first scene of the show and will's character gets like in the game gets killed off or something like that and um i forgot the exact um term that they used but you know that same night he's riding his bike home he gets taken by the demogorgon mm. the upside down yeah i I, I like I like when stories like they they like plan out like like uh, a, a scene and then immediately like it like it reverts back to like oh this is actually what's gonna happen so like what you just saw was a preparation of what's gonna happen in 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 this particular scene it, it's really cool I told us what was gonna happen <laughs> yeah without, yeah yeah without without blatantly giving it away yeah um. You gotta, also, rock, you gotta watch it, Rafa. Oh, my bad, Nicole. No, <laughs> no also, Marissa, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. this new season coming up is season four, part one, correct? Part one and part two, yes. Um, May 27th, part one. Yeah, I thought part two was gonna come out in July? July 1st. 
Yes. Yes, bye-bye. Yeah, they're splitting it into two because they said it themselves that season four is double season three. So basically, the total amount of time in season three, from episode one to the last one, is double that in season four. It's, they, I think, I don't want to say that they overkilled it. I'm really, really hoping or, you know, putting my trust in in them saying everyone is really happy with the final product because in the announcement of season four, they also announced that season five is going to be the last season of Stranger Things. So they still have a bit of story left to tell despite it being double the size of season three. It's, um, it's probably their biggest season yet and you know the people that watch stranger things know that uh the duffer brothers say it that every season it's the biggest season yet they just keep going higher and higher as the seasons go on so yeah hmm. and what what would you categorize stranger things like in what genre would you mm-hmm. say because like it there's like it's not just horror like a lot of people would say it's horror a lot of people yeah. would say it's science fiction. Yeah. A lot of people would just say it's like an action adventure. But like, what would you categorize it since like you've watched all the seasons of Stranger Things? Yeah, um, I feel that's up to interpretation, really. But up to me, I truly believe it's more sci-fi. Season one was definitely a lot more horror as well as um, they, each season. Actually, I'm correcting myself. Each season has had their share of horror. Um, Season three probably had the most monster-filled element, but I would definitely categorize it, I would associate it more with sci-fi. Okay. So. And would you say, like, like people, like, this generation now, like, when, if, if, like, for example, if somebody from, like, middle school watches this show, do you think, like, it's gonna, like, make people listen to now like 80s music and like appreciate now the culture of like the 80s because i heard like like, a lot of people now like they're like listening to like all this 80s music uh 80s rock and roll like all all these different like 80s movies like very popular pop culture stuff that like i mean i've loved 80s culture like ever since i was a little kid so like i I've, i've been shown all these things but like now with this show that really pushes the 80s culture because it does take place in the in the 80s so like i don't know what what would you say marissa like about that i would say it definitely does um specifically i remember this song in season three it was material girl by madonna and that song took off on tiktok as well as when i heard it i had heard it for the first time on stranger things ah kill me but i added it to you know, a playlist of mine. And I really, really enjoyed that song. And I feel, I definitely feel that the show makes you want to explore the eighties because it definitely did for me. The eighties was like a time of a lot of things like console, like not just console, but arcades and everything. Like, yeah, the culture in general. And, um, it was really cool. Um, I do believe I, Correct me if I'm wrong. In season two, it's like Halloween, and then I I believe like all of the like the character well not all the characters but they dress up as Ghostbusters. Yes, was, they do. Yeah, it, that that was pretty cool. I I really like that. I, I I even I know I haven't watched the show, but like I just like we have to. It's yeah. really 
great. It's um, they just display a lot of things really well. Like we were just talking about the '80s culture. I feel they really encompassed it. They did a really great job representing it, and it, they picked a great cast. Um, I feel they did a lot of things right. However. Season three was great. I'm not going to downplay it. There was just a lot of things that I feel they could have done better in terms of not making it super humorous or how do you call it? Um, uh, like attaining like to the fan base, like making the fans happy instead of creating something that's very them. Like they, I feel they created some things in that season that only pertain to the fans. Like, for for them to be happy but not substance worthy in my opinion it's so funny because like a lot of fans would disagree and like hearing now you saying that that's that's very uplifting because like at the end of the day it's their creation and they can do whatever the hell they want with it and what what matters is is like for example with shows is that when a show takes off people don't have a sense of because like a fans like they don't have like they think that they also have like the creative which they do in a sense they, there's a limit there's a limit when it comes to that so like for example with stranger things like like you said uh, of season three if they would have reverted back to just sticking to what they have been doing throughout the whole entire then it probably would have been good like don't get me wrong like asking what the fans what they want for this particular season is good but like sometimes you just have to be like no you know like remember this is our creation absolutely yeah like for example um well rafa whenever you do watch it Mm. they added a bunch of tropes in the show a bunch of little groups throughout the story like you know one group is over here at the house one group is over here at the mall doing this doing that And I feel that's what kind of put me off a little bit about the season. There was showing of characters that I really didn't care that much about. I didn't have, I don't have the time to care about them because they were just kind of thrown into the story. But yeah, I mean, I have a couple of friends that I love to talk to them about Stranger Things. They know who they are. Hopefully they're listening. But, um, you know, we all kind of have the same opinion about season three, um, it's good. It's a great season. I really, really enjoyed it when I watched it. But out of the three, I believe it's the weakest one, in my opinion. You know, another thing that bothered me about it is when you, like, for example, we were talking about the theme of the show. Horror was definitely incorporated in season three. Like, there's no doubt in all three of them. But season three, was a lot. Is a, it was a bit more um, shown. And it takes place during summertime. I feel, in my opinion, associating horror with summertime is very, very difficult because, you know, you know, you're thinking about the sunshine, you know, going to the pool, doing this, doing that. And it just didn't fit well. But, you know, to each their own. That's just how I feel about the season. I loved it. I usually for new Stranger Things seasons, I try to wake up at 3 a.m. as soon as it drops on Netflix. But I actually had a vacation that weekend, so I couldn't even do that. But, you know, I was watching um, while I was there, and I really enjoyed watching it. I watched it with my nephew, because he's a great fan. He's a, he's another fan of it, too. And 
you know, it just kind of gave me a little time to analyze because, you know, as soon as it drops on Netflix, you just watch, watch, watch. You just want to see what's going on. You want to see what happens. You miss the show. You just want to watch it. And, you know, like thinking about it and talking about it with my friends, you know, we, we did love it. It was great because any new season of your favorite show, you're either going to love or you're going to hate. I loved it. There was just definitely some things that they needed to improve on as well as the actress who plays Nancy, Natalia Dyer. She said it herself, you know, when um, COVID happened and everybody was isolating, she said, you know, obviously COVID is not a good thing, Mm -hmm. but she said, you know, this pandemic has kind of halted the Duffer brothers, the creators of the show and made them think about what they want to show from now on in Stranger Things. So it's as if like, she kind of agreed there was things that could have been improved in season three. So I, to me, that's just super interesting and you know, I can only hope that they took a step back and realized what they wanted to do further with it. I would have to say, because like when you mentioned that season three takes place in the summer, there's there's movies, especially in the 80s, there's movies that like in horror, there's some horror movies that actually do take place in the summer. But if you do it right, there's again, like it depends if you do it right. So mm-hmm. what I'm hearing from you is that they really didn't do it right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe would you say? I, I think there was definitely some aspects that they nailed. Okay. I just, it could have been improved overall. All right. It just felt too colorful to me when it's supposed to be like horror. Gotcha. All right. I feel you. I feel you. I get you. I get you. Well, but, um, for it and rafa you got to let me know if you ever watch it you have to i'm gonna bug you from now on <laughs> well um when does when does season well technically you said like see it's gonna be still season three when is season four technically three part one gonna come out on netflix when is that season four part one may 27th is may when 27th. it 27th and not sure um if it's I mean, I can only assume it's going to be divided, part one, yeah. five episodes, part two, four episodes, because they said there was nine scripts, or the other way around, part one, four episodes, part two, five. And, you know, the only reason, like I said earlier, that that's happening is because they doubled season three, basically. So it's probably going to be hour long, over an hour long episode. Well, like you said, you know, they're fixing their mistake I guess, you know, like they're so let's see if this season really amps it up. You know, it really picks up Stranger Things. I have a good feeling, honestly, if you I don't know if you've seen the poster, but I think it's really great what they're envisioning. So I I can only hope that it carries on throughout the episodes. So. All right. Well, um, again, Stranger Things season four. Can't wait to to. Well, I can't see it. I have to watch all the other seasons. But what once I do, I'll for sure let you know. For for sure. And I'll bring you back. Oh yeah, and we'll talk about it for sure. For sure, I I would love to talk Stranger Things with you. Um, now let's talk about the Oscars cutting the editing category, and um, I don't know that much about it. 
all I know is that they cut out editing, and I do believe they cut out other categories as well. So please yeah. explain to me what has happened. Like, I have no clue. So. so basically what happened was I actually found this out through a friend of mine while I was working. She sent me a tweet saying that the Oscars has cut out some... Because you know how they regularly announce the awards? Uh, nominations for best editing is nominations for best picture is they completely decided to cut out that to my knowledge they did um and nicole if you can there is multiple um categories other than best film editing that got um cut off i believe makeup was included in that list um production design sound Hmm. and the one that I really, really, truly hate that got cut, kind of, is film editing. Because I love doing that. It's probably something that I know that I really want to do in life. And it's a shame because it's so important, but so overlooked, I think. I I don't know, like, that's kind of strange. I don't know why they did that. Maybe it's because they ran out of statues. But then again, you know, you can't run out of statues, but whatever. But I just, why editing? Like, without without editing, there wouldn't be a movie, you know? There wouldn't be, like, yeah, you can't, you can't do a movie. Like, yeah, you can have your director, you can have your actor, you can have your writer, your cinematographer. But at the end of the day, you know, the final the final product goes into the hands of the editor and the other people visual effects artists all these different things and like all these people mm-hmm. so, i actually have the full list if you guys want to hear yes yeah. please okay so the following eight categories have been cut from the oscars it's documentary short mm-hmm. film editing makeup and hairstyling original score production design animated short live action short and sound wait wait they said makeup what yeah makeup and hair what i mean if i'm like mistaken um they recently or i don't know if it was a part of that article but uh nicole correct me if i'm wrong um there was this thing that they said that of course they would they're gonna air the winners they just won't give them the proper Oscars treatment. Yeah. It's my understanding. Like the people who win won't go get to go up and make a speech of whatever exactly. happened. But they will, yes, like announce the winners of those categories. Hmm. Which to me is just so unfair. Yeah, I agree. Because it's not just I feel the Oscars really focuses on in my opinion. Actors, actresses, directors. That's it. Yeah. Those are the people that they they show on the red carpet, which, I mean, in all fairness, those are the people that are most recognized in movies. They don't, people don't look at the credits and say, oh, I wonder who the film editor was for this, unless you are interested. But, you know, I feel that they think that it's not important. But it is so much. And you can imagine how I felt. Like, imagine, you know, God willing, I'm nominated for best editor. 
and I don't even get my Oscars moment, which I think is really unfair. That would be terrible. I would be devastated if that ever happened. Yeah, it's like, it's like a moment you wait for your whole life and you're not able to get it. Right. I I just find it really, really sad because like, they're like you said like they're they're not, they're not giving their proper due. They're not giving their proper satisfaction. Like, it's like they need that. You get me? Like, every like I'm not saying that like like oh they they just they like they want the spotlight. But yeah, they do need the spotlight because they were a part of it. They were a part of the whole process. Now. What shocks me even more is that, like, yes, editing and all, but hair and makeup—it's so important too, you know. Hair, it's it, like, w- like original it's score, yeah. like what, what, what is going on with the Oscars? They need, they need, they need somebody there. Sound, <laughs> sound, sound too. too. Yes. That's it's, that's ridiculous. Like, of course, like, sorry. Of course, you are honored to even be nominated in the first place. Yeah. You can't even be nominated for an Oscar. That's already a life goal set. But it's like, imagine winning and you can't even thank who you want to thank, say how you feel. It's really, on their part, that was a really dumb move. Um, Nicole, if you can, can you look up the budget on what how much is it going to cost for this production because again the oscar is a production it is being filmed it is being aired live or pre-recorded or whatever so can you by any chance look up how much they're spending because if the amount of money that they're spending on this if they can't announce all these other categories then like what's the whole point of airing the oscars then because again yes it's important. Yes, you need best picture, best director, best all all these things. And yet, you know, you you have a budget that's probably again, uh, like it's probably like 2 million, 3 million, whatever, and yet you can't air these nominations. That's uh, ridiculous. They yes, have the budget. Yeah. So, according the last like recorded one was in 2012, but I imagine it's pretty much the same for every Oscar. Yeah. So, the ceremony in total cost $21.8 million. Seriously. With 21 point... Mi- look, okay. $21.8 million. You can't give the benefit of the doubt and announce all those other categories. And yet, the Oscars... Let, let me just say this. It, the runtime, I would say, is like two hours, including commercials. Yeah. If you want to count commercials, let's say three hours. Three yeah. hours of that. You can't, you can't squeeze in those guys. Like I'm, I'm sorry. They're the underdogs in movies that well, nobody really pays attention to. And not just that, but the Oscars are being sponsored. They have sponsorships. Yeah. They have all yeah. these different things, and like, what? Come on, dude. That's an excuse. I think that's an excuse. That's an excuse because all they want to do is get it over with. They're just like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You Those people what, are... Yeah, yeah, please. You want to hear what they spent on the Oscar? Like, certain things? Like, highlights include, like, $260,000 for the nominees' luncheon. For oh, yeah. a lunch of all the nominees. Yeah, because they have an after party later, so, like... Mm-hmm. And then $45,000 
on the actual like statues of the of the Oscars, the trophies. $25,000 for the actual, just the red carpet. Just getting the actual carpet is $25,000. Wow. And then host fees run between $15,000 and $25,000. And Wait. then, of course, there's a whole bunch of other um, stuff to pay, but these are just like the highlights of what we can see of what has been recorded and released. I, I just have to say, because like, if, if you think about it, in, in like, it's not even like, 21 million if you think about it because like you have like actors and actresses like they're like i'm not saying i'm not saying that they're there like for like they're there to claim their award or like but like you got like a lot of a lot of people that have like money too yeah like and i know probably they pitch in i don't know i might be wrong maybe but but like, yeah, like going back to um, what we were talking about earlier during Spencer, if you asked if it had any other like nominations, uh, this is kind of going more into the Oscars discussion, uh, yeah. nominee in general. But um, Best Picture, um, 10 nominations, which is crazy to me that every other category has five, but Best Picture has 10. And, you know, it's a shame that Spencer the movie in general just wasn't represented in best cinematography, like you were saying earlier, as well as best film, possibly. Like, for example, and I know a lot of people are probably going to hate me for this opinion, but Don't Look Up should not have been nominated for Best Picture. What's... Can you repeat that again? What's the name again? Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up. Oh, okay. That's the one with Jennifer with, Lawrence. With Jennifer Lawrence and I'm um, um, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I have my ifs about it. Like, I can see why it got nominated. Mm -hmm. I can see why, because like that movie, in a sense, like if you were to compare it to, let, let's say Spencer, like, since like we talked about Spencer, that movie, Don't Look Up, it brought a lot of attention. It like it brought a lot of stuff that is going on right now, today, yeah. and yeah. I would have to say, um, again, like I'm not saying like it shouldn't have been or it should have. Like I I just think that putting this story out there, there's gonna be a lot of questions and there's gonna be a lot of people that are not gonna like it, and. Actually, if you look up, don't look up, it really didn't do well due to the fact of how real it was, due to the fact of the realism. Like, of course, like a meteor is not going to come fall into Earth and like kill us, but it just gives us how humankind, how that would affect like the Earth and how that would affect us as human beings. And it's. It's really interesting. It's an interesting movie. I only watched it once. I I might watch it again due to like you know the Oscars going on and like I'm trying to at least watch a lot of these Oscar movies that are being nominated. Mm -hmm. But it's just I don't know. I I would say yes. I would I would agree with you, Marissa. But at the same time, I would kind of not agree with you because like it's just there's some movies that pose like for example i would have to agree with 
I haven't seen this movie, and I love Paul Thomas Anderson, like Licorice Pizza. I I don't again. I've never watched it, but I don't think that movie should be nominated for an Oscar. I don't know. West Side Story. Yeah, like that's another thing. Like West Side Story. Like yeah, yeah. Like ah, I don't know. Fill up a spot. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, and I've heard it's a really good. um, What do you call it? Uh, Remake of the movie. But to have a remake of a movie be nominated for an Oscar, me and Havana were talking about this, and she made a really good point. She goes, why is a remade movie being nominated for Best Picture? Like, it truly doesn't make sense. I would say I've never seen it. I've never seen the remake. I've seen a little bit of the original movie. I know people are going to hate me because of that. But, I, I of course, I'm going to f- watch the original. I mean, the original is fantastic. But I believe... The reason why the remake was nominated, yeah, maybe it was to fill in the spot, but it was also because like it's filmed with art, the 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 technology that we have now. Because yeah. back in those days, they really didn't have the amount of like technology and the amount of like production design that they have nowadays. I mean, they did kind of with production, like with the with the set designs, like they they really overlooked all of that. Because that's what mattered. Because like, but with the equipment that they had, they needed that. They needed the whole production design. But with this one, I believe I think it has to do with more of the lines of like how our cameras have evolved. And I don't know if Steven Spielberg they shot in film. Maybe they have, or maybe they didn't. But it just shows how it changed. Um, and and also it gives now newer viewers that didn't see the original. West Side Story. Now they get to have their own West Side Story of their generation, which I could totally understand that. But nominated for an Oscar, I wouldn't think so. That that I would agree. Like that's just really weird. That and I, would... I can see like what you mean with um, don't look up. Like I feel like it. Like obviously, yes, it was talked about. I enjoyed it. I'm not saying I didn't like it. Yeah. I'm just saying it was um, for the theme and how they went about the movie. I don't really get why it was like nominated for best picture. I feel like it was like a dark humor movie for like the entire thing. And for it being nominated for an Oscar for best picture really is was kind of strange for me to read. But um, I can see what you mean, though. Like it was talk. It was talking about a subject that we as humans need to pay attention to which i absolutely understand and i agree with it and what what's what's going on too now so yeah like and just but just in general i feel maybe not saying exactly spencer but you know a movie that i think deserved it more could have been there yeah i i would for sure put spencer as best film that that yes that Mm -hmm. yes um if you can, Nicole, can you pull up like the nomin the nominees list for best pictures? I actually already yeah. have it, and I was okay, gonna. Say... Awesome. That's why yeah. you're the best, Nicole. <laughs> Do you want me to read the entire list of best best picture? Yes, please. Yes. Okay, so we have Belfast, uh, Coda, Don't Look Up, mm-hmm. Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley. The Power of the Dog and West Side Story. 
that those are the ten. Okay. I believe I believe King Richard really deserves to be there, in my opinion, because that's a very powerful that's, movie. That's like one of my next watches. It's very well done. Okay. Yeah, I got. I haven't watched King Richard. I haven't watched Dune. I want to watch Dune because I know that that's that that's a good movie. Um, yeah. I heard. I mean, there's like some mixed feeling about it, but I I I love sci-fi, and I heard like this one is not like your average sci. Like, it's a lot about politics because that's what Dune is about. It's like mainly like about politics, not necessarily about like war and stuff like that. But it is drives towards that. Um, I really want to watch. I'm surprised. They they didn't um put um I haven't seen it and I keep on saying that I like I really want to watch it but I I um come on come on I don't know if you heard about that movie it's With um Queen Phoenix right yes yes um it's about um I do I I don't know it's about like about well King Phoenix plays like an uncle and he he basically does um he talks to like young kids and he tells them like how do you feel about the world and he basically interviews them and then there comes a time that he has to take care of his nephew and then they have like this this like coming of age with him and like they're like talking to each other and like and he's asking him questions it's a really it's a really good movie i want to watch it i just haven't like i i I can't find where i can watch it i would have to rent it out or something but for sure i want to watch it um what was the other one you said? Belfast? You said that was... I saw that one. Yes, what did you think, Marissa, about that movie? I haven't watched it, so... I think it was really, really well done. I think it really deserves to be there. And not just because of story, but, like, obviously the story was great, but there was just so many elements about it. It was so entertaining the main character is this cute little kid. He really did such a good job. And Rafa, like if you really want to see some good cinematography, like that movie is so carefully articulated with their shots and their placement of the camera and their composition. Like that movie definitely deserves that spot. And if you can like watch it because it's really, really great. Me and, um, me and a friend of mine saw it. Um, it was super heartfelt. It was everything about it. Like their editing too was great. Um, I'm kind of sad it didn't get um, best editing nomination. Um, I'm actually aiming for Tick Tick Boom to win that one. But um, Belfast was great. If you can, like, please watch it. Yeah, that that's another thing. I think they could have. They could have replaced Don't Look Up with Tick, Tick, Boom. I haven't watched it yet. I want to watch it, but I heard it's really, really good. Um, um, Nightmare Alley, you said, was one of them, um, Nicole, I do believe, in the in the best pictures. Yeah. That movie yeah. I want to watch, and I can watch it. It's on HBO Max, and it's on Hulu. So that movie's everywhere. So if you people haven't watched Nightmare Alley, I'm going to watch it soon. But I, I, I really want to watch that. And that's, like, I believe Guillermo del Toro's, like, I don't know, like yes. fourth nomination. Like that guy has been like making some stuff. He, he's like a Oscar generator. Like he's he's super talented. Yeah. I mean, didn't he get an Oscar for Best Picture for The Shape of Water? Yes. That movie. Oh my god, I love that movie. I've like watched it like three yeah. times. I believe. 
I don't mind watching it again. It's so good. I have yet so to see it. What? Me too. You gotta watch it. We gotta have a watch party. We gotta watch that movie. It's so good. It's so good. But um, I did see Nightmare Alley a couple weeks ago. Oh, what did you think? It was interesting. Um, there was definitely... It was a good film. I just feel some parts, it went a little all over the place. And I kind of didn't really understand what the plot was until the very end. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's sometimes how Guillermo del Toro likes films are. Like, sometimes you yeah. really don't understand sometimes. Um, well, Bradley Cooper did amazing. He, Bradley Cooper always does amazing. He always that guy, does. Kate Blanchett was in it. Incredible. She is amazing. Um, I have... I want to see some movies with her in it but it was she did really well Wait, um she correct me if i'm wrong she played um uh hella the goddess of death in uh in thor ragnarok in thor, or, in thor? is that her is that her Nicole? i i think so let me double check for well you. if you want to watch a movie that she's in um that she does great on i highly recommend the lord of the ring series i mean she's yeah, she's in those movies. Yeah, she's like I I was just fact checking myself. But yeah, she's in those movies and she's she's really good. She's also in in Queen Elizabeth. She's mm. in she there's actually there's a two-parter because I believe like those movies are like 3 hours long. But like yeah. it's like a two-part part 1 and then part 2. And it's about like Queen Elizabeth the 1st about her life and she portrays yeah. Queen Elizabeth and um She's also in Ocean's Eight. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, the Curse of Benjamin Button. They're not. It's not the Curse, but Benjamin Button. That one. She's really good in that movie. Yeah, I gotta watch more stuff. With she's her. she's yeah. good. She's good in like. She's everything, really. Dude. She's very talented. Yeah. So talented. I think she's Australian. I think not... so. Yes. The flavor. And that and that woman never ages. Like it's like yeah. she's like she's yeah, like the same exactly. age. She, dude, she looks so hot and freaking hella. Like I, I'm sorry, I have to say, bro, yeah. she looks super hot. Like I was like, damn, bro. Like she's like, I don't know how old is she's like in her fifties now. Like what is yeah. this? Definitely, she ate like fine wine. Literally, yeah. she has the Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> Literally, so does Brad Pitt. Like everyone in Hollywood just has that. Like it's so funny. Like I'm not trying to like step away from oscar but paul rudd too paul oh rudd he I aged know. he aged backwards that's so freaking weird dude he's a he's also really great but yeah. um yeah i mean you know i would recommend giving it a watch though nightmare alley yeah it's pretty good like obviously for the oscars um like for you to watch it as well as you know if you're a guillermo del toro fan uh, you should totally watch that but um and we were talking about Dune earlier. I am literally halfway because I always watch it. I always watch stuff at night, but I always fall asleep while I'm watching. So I'm like halfway through right now, but I'm enjoying it. Um, first hour, I think, little slow, a lot of information being thrown in your face. But once you reach past like 50 minutes, it gets it gets crazy good. How how are you watching it? Like, where are you you're watching it on HBO Max, right? I'm watching it illegally. Oh, well, there you go. That, there that's you all go. you have to say. Well, it's um, on 
It was. I think I'm gonna wait until it goes back to HBO Max because I I think it does. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, like that sucks again. That like editing and all these other categories are not being featured in the Oscars. But now yeah. let's go to our final discussion, and that is Spider-Man No Way Home is coming out. I do believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nicole. If you search it, up, April third. April 3rd, April 4th, around April, somewhere around April. Release of the, of the, uh, uh, content. Yes. And again, like spoilers, but I shouldn't say that because hopefully you guys that are listening already watched the movie, but <laughs> like, come on, your boy, Andrew and Toby are in the movie. Like, it's they're already in the MCU already, and now we're gonna see more of them in behind the scene content. So I'm and excited. they recreated the meme. And they recreated the meme. I honestly thought I think it was um yesterday, Nicole and well Eddie I think said it or was it you Nicole? You said that like it looked very um, CGI, like it didn't look no, real at the first. Photo. Yeah, yeah, the photo didn't look real, <laughs> but that I gotta agree. If you look at all the videos of behind the scenes, they have released a few of them. They are real. I just don't yeah. understand why it looked a little bit out of place. <laughs> I think maybe they 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 messed around with Photoshop or whatever they used to to fix the photo. I I mean honestly, you really don't need to fix the photo. They look good. They're good looking guys. Like you know you really and they're wearing the Spidey suits. Like what are you gonna do? Enhance the color? Like what like, you're not gonna do anything it's red blue and a little bit of silver you know for the outline of the suits and that's pretty much it for, for tom holland's case it's red and black like very dark blue if you want to call it that but like all the suits are just so iconic oh my god also rafa just the behind the scenes it says we're getting a digital version on march 22nd oh Ooh. my gosh i'm i'm just letting you know i am I'm just like I keep on refreshing my page on Best Buy. I'm going to buy the steelbook case because I, yeah. I, I, I I like that's gonna be my first steelbook case, and I I want to buy it. I like I I need to get that like that No Way Home steelbook case. Have they said the price? It's thirty four bucks. It's thirty four bucks. That, not that bad. <laughs> um yeah. the 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 other copy is like thirty bucks. Um, yeah. So like I'm just gonna correct myself real quick. Yeah. The 4K and Blu-ray version is coming out April 12th, but just the digital version is March 22nd. Okay, well, for all you Spidey fans out there, you know, I mean, we're all Spidey fans here, but for all you yeah. Spidey fans that are listening, remember. So get your copies. I I can't wait. Like, I hope there's also um uh, the director um director's commentary. I think. Yeah. Do they have that though? Like in Marvel movies, like the uh, when they movie. come out, director's commentary. They do. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Nicole, can you actually check um, how digitally can you view it? Because I'm probably planning on getting it like digitally. Oh, but they have to do. They have to have it for like all yeah. movies. Yeah, I mean, especially for that movie where so much is happening, like three eras of spider-man just coming together like a lot of people at once in one room being such big fans of spider-man it's a really special thing i had already i know you guys had gone into your deep dive about no way home in one of your previous episodes but it was just a really special film 
in general. I just feel like, obviously, I feel everyone kind of knew that they were going to be in the movie, but it wasn't confirmed. Yeah. But it was just so exciting regardless. It was just great. I'm excited because, you know, they each have their own personality. To see them together, like, behind the scenes would be really funny. Yeah, I, to tell you the truth, I, like, I find it, like, so real that they're still there. Like, I, I know it's been, like, two months, but it's just, like, wow. Like, we, we, we finally, it's like our dreams came true. It's, like, they're, they're finally here. Like, they're, they're united. They get to, they get to act. And not just that, but now that opens a whole new window of opportunities now for, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now... I heard, and I don't know if it's confirmed, but I heard that Andrew Garfield now is going to get an amazing Spider-Man 3. Yeah. And, like, he... I I do believe so. Um, because I know Andrew. I know for sure Andrew wants to play um, the webhead again. Like, and, and, and you can see, like, the passion that he has, like, for playing Spider-Man. I mean, for all of them, all three of them. Like, I know Toby was excited to hear that he was going to play Spider-Man again for this one. Um, I don't know if we're going to see him in Multiverse of Madness. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. But I, I just think that all these actors that have played Spider-Man, they all have, you know, their special relationship of what Spider-Man really means to them. And, like, you get to see it on screen. You get to see it with Spider-Man fans that, like, love the their portrayal of how they played peter parker and spider-man and i just can't wait if they ever do you know when they do whenever they do amazing spider-man 3 can't wait to finally see andrew back again on screen and also get to see him finally um get a spider-man movie that he really deserves because let's be honest here spider-man 2 wasn't a really good film and like i, I don't know it, it really it was that I liked about it, but I could definitely see oh, yeah. that's like one of the ones. Spider-Man Two was good. Like it was a good movie to look at. Let let of course any Spider-Man movie is so good to look at, but yeah. it's just the story. It was just uh, like I really didn't like it. The antagonist. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, and it's so funny because I heard that they cut off a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, like. Yeah. Um, I forgot what's her name. Um, Gwen. No, not Gwen. Um, the I, she's an actress. She she's um. The one who played. <gasps> she's wait, in wait. Fault in Our Stars. And Divergent. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shailene Woodley. Yeah. Yeah. She she was gonna play MJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, they actually had like an interview with her. I forgot during one of the Divergent movies that came out, and they told her like. Um, I heard that you're gonna um, play Mary Jane in Amazing Spider-Man Two, and then she was like, "Yeah, I got the script, and I fell in love with it, and like, I like, I was there." And she, in the set photos that they took, she was like there, like in most of parts of the movies, like she was in the house where Peter was, so they had like a conversation. I wonder what was, what was the scenes because when it came yeah. out on Blu-ray and like 4K and all that stuff. They they really didn't give us that behind the scene or delayed scene of that, which kind of sucks because I wonder what could have happened. I don't know. Maybe in Spider Man Three, maybe she might come back for Mary yeah. Jane. Who knows? 
not even to mention, but also um, Harry uh, after Gwen dying. Um, spoilers, but obviously that shouldn't be spoilers. Yeah. Be. Um, but there was a scene after, you know, he's crying. She's She died. You kind of see Spider-Man go crazy like how Tom Holland did with Green Goblin in uh, No Way Home. It's funny that you say that because um, in the comics, that's how it is because um, he like gets full on berserk and like just says like, you killed my, 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 my love. And now I have to like freaking like murder you now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's really, really interesting. Things that were cut that I feel could have made the movie stronger. Yeah. I it just, I don't know. It was just very the weird sc- yeah very weird like the script wasn't really well written i don't know maybe maybe a lot of fans would disagree a lot of fans that probably liked the movie i know a lot of people liked it some people didn't like it there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of mixed emotions about that i just know that if he does get his role again for the amazing spider-man 3 i just know that it's definitely going to be like he's probably going to be like this has to be a good script like you have to do my spider-man justice i feel now I I'm gonna like step aside from Spider-Man. Andrew, I have to say, has been doing a lot lately. Yes, he uh, has. acting like now he has a show. I saw the trailer for it. A Good show eye. coming on FX titled mm-hmm. um I forgot what it's called. The uh, something Nicole, if you can look it up, I think it's like correct. It's like something we all get to heaven or something. Like that. It's a mystery thriller. I am excited to see that because there's a movie that he's in that I, I want to watch too. And I think there's like a lot of memes of it too, which is kind of funny. It's him in a bathtub and he's like talking to this girl and he's like saying like, don't you think like our, our lives are like an end, like ever ending, like swirl of questions and everything like that. And he's like, the I forgot what the movie's about, but he's like looking for this girl that he met and it's a really cool movie. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put, the genre as a thriller more like a mystery movie but also kind of like quirky and like it's very like comedic and dramatic but i do believe this is um andrew garfield's like first ever tackling the genre of like thriller and mystery if i'm if i'm being if if i'm correct because like he's been in you know we all know he's been spider-man and now he's um he played a soldier he did uh, Tick Tick Boom, which is like a musical, and then now he's doing this, and it's like a whole new step up for him. Yeah. So it's actually called Under the Banner of Heaven. Under the Banner of Heaven, yeah. And it's, it, I think it's a, it's a bestseller. It's a based on a best-selling novel, and it's like about a cult. I, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I think, I think that show. I love FX shows. Um, there's one particular FX show that I'm excited for when it comes out, season three, Atlanta. If you guys haven't seen Atlanta, oh my goodness. Oh, well, I wa- I'll, I'm i going to watch Stranger Things, but you have to watch Atlanta because sure. Atlanta is so good. I love if it. Stranger Things, then I'll watch Atlanta. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still going to, because I want it, I, I'm going to watch Stranger Things no matter what, but like Atlanta is so good. It's so good. Um, it's, it's about, um, just to give you like a short 
simple answer. It's about a Donald Glover's, Donald Glover's character. I forgot what's his name, but he play he he plays a manager for his cousin, who is like this up and coming rapper named Paperboy, and they basically go on this. It's a spiral of like of stuff going on in his life and in Paperboy's life. It's like a it's like an I wouldn't say an adventure, but like a, a journey. A journey of his life, of Paperboy's life, everyone in in the show. It's a really good movie. Um, it also tackles about race and diversity. Oh. It's like it's really good. I like it, and I love Donald Glover because I know Donald Glover. It, it he's one of the creators of the show. Um, I do believe the director. Um, I forgot what's his name, but. He also directed the music video. Um, uh, I don't know why I forgot the song. It's killing me right now. Um, this is America. He directed ah. that. So like the it's so funny because, uh, we 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 hear it from our professor and we hear it like when we're in in our classes. But the people that you work with for a very long time are the people that you're gonna stick with in film for- forever. And it's so cool because, like, every time I see him, I'm like, hey, look, it's him. He directed this episode. And he does. I think he directs every episode of the show. Some of the episodes sometimes are directed by Donald Glover. And some of it is directed by his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, it's this particular guy. And it's so cool. Um, but it's a really good show. Um, there's also another show, like, Snowfall. I haven't watched it, but I heard it's, like, about how drugs got into LA, I I think I don't know, but it's like about that. It's really cool. Snow. I see what they did there with the title. <laughs> yeah, snowfall. Yeah, that's um, cool. But um, yeah, I mean, Andrew really has been going everywhere. You know. Yes. Good for so- him. Also, good for him, dude. And you know, I feel like there now that I'm seeing him more and stuff. Like for the past couple years in between amazing spider-man 2 and now we haven't really seen him in much until recently yeah like yeah it's been like i think because and Tom too. he's getting his roles oh yeah he's like there like he's i feel like other than toby i don't know what he's doing but you know andrew and tom they've been getting their roles and you know tom consistently has been getting role after role but you know to see andrew um because he's a fantastic actor he um a a lot of people what they liked about andrew spider-man is his his movement yeah like in the scene where um in the amazing spider-man 2 where he's telling gwen to leave because you know electro is going crazy and she followed him there um you know he had a lot of movement he had a lot of body um expression which is necessary um in a lot of cases and i feel like he gets that from working in theater but you know i believe you know they each had their own part to play in it and tom and andrew are just really killing it right now and i'm really happy for the both of them um not to spoil anything for uncharted but it was really good it was it was it was, i liked the movie um 
it was fun. I can't wait to do they ever make a second one. Um, but it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, but Tom is, has been has been doing a lot of stuff. Um, I do believe he said that he's taking a break. I don't know when, like, he's already taking a break already. But, dude, like, his yeah. career is, is like, it's going up. It's, like, it's still going up. And I, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. for it. Same with same with Zendaya too. Yes, Zendaya's doing fantastic. I, I'm just, I'm really happy for all of them. You know, Tom Holland's gonna play like Fred Astaire, which is, I think, gonna be amazing. A lot of, off topic, but a lot of biopics are coming out this year in 2022. Wait, who is he playing? Fred Astaire. Who's that? Sorry. Um, I know who he is. I don't necessarily know how to describe him. Uh, Nicole, do you have like a, like a rundown of like who Fred Astaire is? I, I know he was like a singer. Um, he was an actor. Um, he was just really famous in like the fifties, forties era. And, um, he was iconic, but that's as much as I know. I don't know if there's more that should be known about mm-hmm. him. He was an American actor, a dancer, a singer, choreographer, and television presenter. There you go. He was widely considered the greatest dancer in film history. There you go. Well, look at that. You got somebody that can dance. I mean, his first ever um, theater appearance, well, not theater appearance, but his first ever big theater appearance was in Billy Elliot. And that consisted a lot of dancing. And he was known for, you know, dancing. And he's a really good dancer. And And you see it. Um, I, and that's true. We're getting a lot of biopics this year where they, they just released a trailer for Elvis, which I'm excited to see that movie. Um, it's directed, um, again, I'm not, I'm not good with the name, but it's directed by the guy who also, he also directed, um, the great Gatsby. And you really get to see that because he has like, the style is similar to like the great Gatsby. And I'm excited to see that um, with Elvis. Um, Tom Hanks is in the movie. Um, I forgot the the actor that plays Elvis, but they, they picked a, a really good person to play Elvis. I mean, I don't know. People might disagree with me, but I think they find a really good person to play Elvis. Um, I do believe... Who else? Who else? Christopher Nolan is making a biopic movie um, about... I forgot what's his name. Whenever you can, Nicole, like just search up like biopic movies that are coming out this year. But like, from Audrey Hepburn is coming, and I am so excited. I love Audrey Hepburn. What's that one about? About like, well, they haven't released too much info about it, but that they released like the actress is going to play her. She oh. um, she was a co-star in um, Nightmare Alley. I just forgot her name. Oh okay. Oh wow. Um. What else? They're they're doing on an, another one. Oh yeah, they're doing one of uh, Marilyn Monroe, but yes. but and her name, yeah, but it's not her name is not Marilyn Monroe though. Like her name is something else. Like it's really it's they're doing it how like uh, have you ever seen Honey Boy? I have not seen Honey Boy. No. Oh, it's so good, but they're doing it kind of like that. Like it, they're. I think I think that movie is called Blonde. Blonde. There you go. Blonde. Yes. Oh, okay. So, well, what are the uh, biopics coming out? I have other, the other movies. Um, so, we also have Elvis. Elvis. 
Let's see. Yes. Coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to dance with somebody, which is Whitney Houston. Oh, awesome. Uh, the Fable Mans might have gone that long. Uh, the Woman King, Deep Water, Thirteen Lives, The oh, wow. King's Daughter, mm-hmm. Major, Next Goal Wins, uh, Hocus Pocus Two. Oh. Father Stew, which I know that Rafa is a bit excited about. Father, yeah. yes, yeah, that's one with uh, Mark Wahlberg. I'm excited for it. Yes, yeah. and I might completely pronounce this wrong. It's made, made, made an, two A's, made an, okay. maiden, maybe. I don't. It has two A's. And, I mean, Wolf Creek 3, they have a lot of other films. I mean, Sonic 2. Yeah. <laughs> that but, comes out in April. So yeah, exciting. that one comes out in April. That's all I can see for right now. Got it, got it. Um, I do believe that there's there's a, a, a biopic. I, I don't know if it's a show or a movie, but it's about, and I didn't know about this guy um, until I saw the the trailer for it but it's about a unabomber and it's about the this guy i forgot what's his name but it's played by have you ever seen um district nine no okay that's oh my goodness it's such a good sci-fi movie it's so good um he's he's also he plays chappy i forgot what what the actor's name is if you can nicole type in chappy and the it should be in the cast in the cast category. It should say the the person who plays Chappie. That's the guy, but he plays this guy who. It's based on a true story, and it's about this mathematician who basically becomes like this Unabomber, and he makes like a bomb out of like household materials, and. Uh, that's Charlotte Cop Cop Copley. Yes, yes. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Oh. But he's he's awesome. He's an amazing actor, and I can't wait for that movie to come out. I think it already came out. I don't know, but Chappie it's... has been out since 2015. If that's what you mean. Oh no, I'm like well the the person who plays Chappie. But that's a good movie. Oh. If any of you guys are listening, like what? Chappie's so good. Hugh Jackman is in it, so that's right. Have you um... seen Chappie, Marissa? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think I have because the name sounds super, super familiar. Um, probably if I see a picture, I'm gonna take a look right now. Chappy. Yeah. It's really good. It's it's like ro- it's a robot that basically his programming has been oh. like taken out, and like now he has like a brain of a child, and basically he he's basically being taught all these like he's he's basically being taught like a normal human being yeah and it's so cool i love the it. movie i was thinking about when you said chappy was um real steel i don't know if you've seen that oh it's yes it's with a childhood movie for me it's such a good movie i heard that they're making a, a real steel too i believe hey i i heard but i also heard rumors that they're making a show so i don't know if it if it's a show That's a if good it's movie. a movie i have no clue childhood movie of mine but um i actually found some of the upcoming biopics that are coming out so rooney mara is 
playing Audrey Hepburn. Not sure when these movies are coming out, but these are anticipating movies. Timothy Chalamet is going to play Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah, that's expected. He looks like him, so, like... Uh, Cillian Murphy is going to play J. Robert Oppenheimer. And Anna Darmus is playing Marilyn Monroe. I've heard some really disturbing choices they made for that specific biopic. They've rated it like a NR-17 type thing. Like, I'm not sure exactly what, but just throwing that in there. Hmm. Uh, Chris Evans is playing Gene Kelly. Ah, yes. Chris Hemsworth is playing Hulk Hogan. I mean, hello. (laughs) And Jamie Foxx is playing Mike Tyson. That's going to be really good. Wait, who's playing Hulk Hogan? Chris Hemsworth. What? Yeah. Get the... Get get out of here, dude. No way. They're making a biopic movie about Hulk Hogan? I guess they are. <laughs> what? This is the first time I'm hearing about this. There you go. Well, he better uh, not skip leg day, dude, because freaking Hulk Hogan's legs were like freaking tree trunks, my guy. <laughs> and oh, as my we, God. Uh, Tom Holland is playing Fred Astaire. Leonardo DiCaprio is playing Jim Jones. And also, as we know, Austin Butler is playing Elvis. Yeah, um, going back, going back to Leonardo DiCaprio, he's playing. Yeah, Jim Jones. I don't know if you don't know who he is, but he he was like a, a cult leader, and oh, um, I see. and it, it and it's really interesting. I can't wait to to see how he portrays Jim Jones because, like, yeah, it was it was like a you really huh? No, so like he basically he was basically like this he portrayed himself as like this holy man and he would wear these sunglasses and he would say like, if he take them off, if he would take off the sunglasses, he'll blind them because of his like, you know, he had like holy powers or whatever. Anyways, he was famous for that. He was famous for being an occult leader and he had like a lot of followers and the, what made him so famous was, is that he, he basically told, all of his cult members, all the people that are following him, to kill themselves, and and he will do the same. And they drank. I forgot what they what what mixture of poison they drank. But he basically said like, drink this, and like you'll join me in paradise or whatever. Basically, it was like a really crazy thing, and yeah, it was really big news. Um, a whole bunch of dead bodies were like everywhere, like dead women, children. It was a lot. It was like a massacre. Yeah. Oh my god. Very gosh. terrible. There's actually there's actually a movie similar to that, but it's um, it's not it's not a biopic movie about that, but it's similar to what occurred because there's a scene where he basically tells them to drink the the poison, but it's being forced because the 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 cult leaders that also work for them also have guns, but in mm-hmm. this one I don't think they had guns. I don't know, but. It's directed by L. Roth. I think I'm pronouncing his first name, L. Roth. But he's like a really, he's known for horror movies. He did like Pir- Piranha and like, um, he also played um the Bear Jew in in Inglorious Bastards, which is I I, I love that movie. Inglorious Bastards is so cool. Um, but yeah, so again, freaking 
uh, Spider-Man is coming out. I'm excited for that. I have to say, Marissa, it's been a pleasure talking I had with an- you. I I can't wait to have you back again here at Life Peace Podcast. And I, and I now not only that, but can't wait for you to come back when Sam is here. So that way we can all, both of us talk to you. And um, again, I don't know when episode six or well, we're planning to do episode six every Friday. We're planning to do every episode. Um, also, I would like to mention there would be a total of, of eight episodes for season one. So this would be episode five. And uh, again, thank you, Marissa. Thank you for coming in. I thank really you. For having me. I was so excited for this and I'm so happy that I was able to do it. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Nicole, our producer. Um, again, it's always awesome to have you here. And again, remember, you guys, without an artist, there wouldn't be a life piece. All right, you guys, love you. Peace.